welcome back to Blunt Movie Talk. I am your host, Billy Bob Sanchez. Coming at you with the judo, for judo know who you're messing with, Holmes. Just kidding. No, but I'm glad to be back for another fun episode. I was just trying to have fun there. I don't think I was being funny. I'm sorry. Uh, joining me in the basement studio today is Baby Yoda. I got a Baby Yoda. My brother gave me a Baby Yoda figure, and it's it's huge. It's like what I'm pretty sure Baby Yoda's size is in the uh, show. So I essentially am the fucking Mandalorian, so what the fuck up. <laughs> um... Do you, do you guys ever seen Deuce Bigelow? There's a, a rhetorical, of course. Um, but uh, the part that always gets me is when he's with the tall lady. You keep hearing, that's a huge bitch. And I, <laughs> they got it. And I was going to have that play at the beginning of this episode. And when I tried it, I was like, nah, I'm not feeling this. If you want me to add it to another episode, let me know, though. I'm here to please. I'm drinking a Capri Sun right now, and it's amazing. Sorry, I I bought a I got this um Dwight Funko in the mail, and he fell off my fucking work desk and his glasses broke, so I gotta try to fix him. And he was just on the ground again, so that's cool. Anywho, instead of this depressing shit, let's talk about movies, cause that's why you guys are fucking here, or you just want to hear what. Uh, someone high talking about movies sounds like, I don't know, bucket list item, I guess. Anywho, um, first off, uh, today's episode will be about underrated films. Um, not just films, not just, like, indie films, because I know, like, I, I love indie films myself, but there are just some people out there who don't, and that's cool. Uh, today's films, or, <laughs> today's movies are about underrated films that, like, either didn't do well in the box office or like it's a movie like some on the list I thought everybody knew about but there's few on the list that apparently no one knows about and of course I've seen the some of these films on Netflix recently so hopefully they have caught an audience but if not here you go folks uh recommendations for Netflix or Hulu or whatever the fuck you uh stream everything through but uh let's start the news first first bit of news Yoda, I'll let you take this. Oh yeah, he's a fucking toy. <laughs> Anywho, um, uh, news. Uh, some of this is actually more TV related, but I put them in movie news because it's a lot of like uh, film spinoffs, or it has to do something with crossing over with a film. Um, they greenlit um, a Equalizer show and a Silence of the Lambs sequel show called Clarence Clarice <laughs> my bad <laughs> um also in the news um this happened today so when you guys hear this it's probably been about two or three weeks after uh Lil Richard passed away um he's that's music news of course but I he has been a huge part of just the rock and roll pop culture, you know, one of the founders of rock and roll right there, and now he is, uh, passed away, uh, lived a full life, of course, I, I think it's at 84, I, I can't remember, I feel bad, 84 or 87 between those, happy medium, um, uh, 
Oh, a uh, new film recently just released a trailer called The King of Staten Island. I checked that out, and I was like, I like Judd Apatow films. I really do, because he has a way of really doing well of mixing emotional, uh, real-life things with comedy, and I think he's he's done really well with that in everything he's made. And it the, the movie itself does not look like a bad movie, but I hate the fucker who's starring it, um, Pete... Oh, God, I can't think of his name. Uh, he dated Ariana Grande and uh, Pete's... Ah, fuck. Anyway, um, <laughs> I keep wanting to say Pete Townsend, but I know that's not right. Um, but yeah, I the trailer of it passed, and it really... I'm going to fucking... Ah, damn it. Damn it, damn it, damn it. The King of Staten Island... What the fuck are your name? Pete Davidson. Pete Davidson. Um, he stars in this trailer, and I guess it's going to be just for streaming because I mean, who knows when uh, movie theaters are going to open up? Hopefully, by the time this airs, there might be open up. But um, it releases June twelfth, and it's a Judd Apatow film, and um, but the whole movie is like a Pete Davidson like autobiography or some shit and because he has the world's shittiest looking tattoos he feels the need to show them off and his character is motivated by wanting to be a tattoo artist and then uh and his father he the reason why he hasn't grown up and left his mom's house because his father died in an accident and who was a firefighter which if you know Pete Davidson's dad did die during he was one of the f responders on 9/11 um but it just kind of felt very forced on like yeah I like tattoos and dude your your tattoos are shit man like and the poster I hate the poster cuz it's I, I I get it you know it's this guy overconfident guy who thinks he runs Staten Island or whatever but again though as much as I hate Pete Davidson and I do think he's a douchebag, I like Judd Apatow films, and this film looks like it has the uh, old Apatow thing to it. Look. But anyway, going onward now. Um, Avatar and the Lord of the Rings uh, series are finally got greenlit again to uh, continue filming in New Zealand, so that's good. And, um, Disney Plus is releasing a, is developing a National Treasure series, which I think would be great. Each episode could be about them trying to get to, I mean, there could be an overarching one treasure they're trying to find in the end, but I, I've always just loved those movies because of how well they fit in history and they, they, they made it into an adventure film and it's fantastic and it's a good way for like kids to like learn some shit. Somebody thought someone was coming through my back door there. Sorry. Um, but also on the Disney Plus side, um, the Winter Soldier, the Falcon and the Winter Soldier uh, got the green light to start filming in Peru or something like that. Uh, so that's cool because um, the thing is, even though those are going to be Disney Plus series, we have to talk about those with movie news because they're... It's kind of annoying because they didn't want to incorporate John Berthel's Punisher or Charlie Cox's uh, Daredevil 
into the Avengers movies because they said it would be too confusing for audiences and they didn't want them to feel the need that they would have to know shows to go with the movies. But now that Disney Plus is a thing, all of a sudden that fucking changed. Like, oh, okay, well, we're going to have these shows on here. So if you like Marvel movies and love following the story, you have half. Wow, I'm saying that fucking weird. <laughs> you have to have Disney Plus or you're going to get lost. And with the Falcon and the Winter Soldier is the, mo- the one show I'm most looking forward to because Captain America is one of my favorite heroes. And I think Sam's going to do a great job. Sam Wilson's. Sorry, guys. I really had to finish that Capri Sun. It was just taunting me. Am I right, buddy? He's really a cute little son of a bitch, that Baby Yoda. Way cuter than Baby Groot. Anywho. Um, oh, uh, Marvel uh, Marvel episodes coming next week, guys. This is the official, official thing. And it's going to be two or maybe three parts. I, I filmed the first part and I barely got done talking about Infinity War. Because like I said, uh, I'd be talking more about Infinity War and Endgame. And using the other films as uh, stepping stones to that point. So next week, everyone, I, the, it's starting. This is your last dance of film. Um, if you guys are watching that, oh my god. It just, I remember growing up and I remember that period of Michael Jordan. Just this dominant force and how huge he was. Um, and man, that's a great series. Anyway, okay. We need to talk about some underrated movies. Because I want you guys to, if you're out there and you want a good movie to watch, I want to. I just want to feel like I contributed to it. Oh, sorry. <laughs> okay, I'm gonna read these in no particular order. I need a pen. Here we go. Got a nice red one here. Okay. All right. Um. So what I classify, what I feel, I did a lot of research on some films because I, I some things you don't know if like you're just like me i thought i everyone knew a bunch of these films that are on this list but apparently a lot of people never heard of it and i i and especially as you get older oh my god ghostbusters is almost becoming an underrated film because nobody has watched it that's a fucking crime man anywho uh oh you know what i'm gonna say one right now because i just saw it on my blu-ray shelf Clue the movie is a super underrated film. Um, I first watched it on VHS when I was like 12 or 13. And um, the movie was hysterical. And of course, I I need to rewatch it. I don't think I've watched it since I bought it on Blu-ray. Uh, I do that sometimes. I'll buy a movie that I know I really like and I'll put it on the shelf. And who knows the next time it's going to be opened. Oh, oh my god, you can almost say, like, a bunch of older films are underrated at this point. Like, unless you're a big movie buff, a lot of people don't know. Oh, man, that's too big of a thought right now. Okay, let's get back to it. But no, Clue the movie, um, it was made in the 80s, and one of the people that stars in it is Christopher Lloyd, who's, uh, Doc Brown, you know. Marty, we gotta go back to the future! That was more like Rotten Richard Nixon, I think. I don't fucking know. <laughs> Sorry, guys. Um, but, uh, yeah. He's in it. He plays Mr. Purple. Mr. Professor Plum. Professor Plum. And um, 
And then Colonel Mustard is played by um, John. If you are a big Arrested Development fan, he played John Parmesan. Is the same guy who plays uh, Colonel Mustard. And I'm having such a hard trouble remembering everyone in the movie right now. Oh, uh, Tim Curry. Tim Curry's Tim Curry's the butler. Everyone, uh, Rocky Horror Picture Show, um, the original Pennywise. That guy, he's the butler, and he's great. Or uh, the the snooty, perverted uh, desk manager at the Plaza Hotel in Home Alone 2. Anyway, uh, I could have sworn that thing just blinked at me. <laughs> that'd be that'd be so awesome okay anyway oh focus um but no that's a good uh they might have that on amazon prime if you have amazon prime streaming that might be on there i think the last time i saw it it's definitely uh somewhere out there if you're in- interested it's, it's played out like a murder mystery comedy and it works oh um it better call saw fans um I can't remember his character, though. But um, Saul's brother in Better Call Saul, he... Um, I can't think of the actor's name. I feel so bad. Uh, this Spinal Tap, he was also in this Spinal Tap. Uh, he's in it as... Oh, shit. I should probably look that. I don't... Mr. Green. Mr. Green? Was there a Mr. Green? There was something green. <laughs> uh, okay. Focus. Okay. <laughs> Alright, um, so I'm going to actually mention a movie that I'm really surprised was on this list because I thought it was pretty well known, but it makes sense because a lot of times I'll be having conversations about this movie and I'll have to explain the ending to it. It's um, Shutter Island. It's a Martin Scorsese film. I need a... Oh no, there's a weird ball. This is a brand new pen, that's why. Okay, <laughs> Shutter Island. Okay. Uh, it's Martin Scorsese film, and it was done roughly, I can't remember the exact year, but it stars Leonardo DiCaprio and Mark Ruffalo, and there are two detectives going to this prison trying to investigate this, uh, uh, someone's gone missing there, and um, Leonardo DiCaprio is this officer him and the, the, he's a u.s marshal with mark ruffalo and then they go to the island to try to find him and you know what even though i'm mentioning these there's going to be fucking spoilers just saying it now so if you want to turn this off i get it but if you don't give a shit keep on listening okay back at it um uh leonardo caprio is this u.s marshal and he has this tragic backstory about his wife um and their kids uh getting killed in a fire caused by this maniac that's also on uh the the prison the the prison and um uh it turns out that Leonardo DiCaprio is actually involved with actually his wife played by Michelle Williams killed their kids and then he killed his wife but he couldn't live with the trauma so much that he invented this fake story. And Mark Ruffalo is actually his doctor uh, watching him go through this to observe him. And at the end, he finds out who he is. But I guess um, every time... He, there, there's some re- Somehow he always forget. He always goes back to this personality and they have to redo this scenario again. 
I forget. I I don't know how many times they've done it, but um. But I know he created that personality, and that's why he's there because it's an it's a place for the mentally insane, pretty much. And um, man, I'm only watching Willy Wonka and the Chocolate Factory. Um, that's another underrated movie, actually. At the time of its release, it actually was a complete failure, and it didn't actually find any kind of success until it uh, was released on VHS. I feel like I said that already. If I did, I'm sorry. Um, what? Oh, Shutter Island. Yeah. Um, and so there's this. It, the ending's really powerful to it. It has a really great ending because he's sitting there again with Mark Ruffalo, and it's decided that they're going to give him a lobotomy, um, or they might. They're either lobotomizing him or they're killing him. I forget which one because um, they realize he's – and it's it's based in like the late 40s, 50s. So it's like during time when mental illness was not handled in the proper way at all. Uh, <laughs> but um, yeah, he has this really strong line that I, I wish um, – I'm going to see if I can pop it up real quick if it's – not here. I really want to say this line. Ending quote. I don't need it explained to me. Okay. Um, so they're sitting there and Rock Ruffalo's character is walking up to him. And it, he doesn't know if he should address himself as a, his doctor or the U.S. Marshal he always was pretending to be. And he sits there, and Leo starts, you know, talking as he's, um, I want to keep saying he's Teddy, but I, I know that's wrong. Um, but he, he's acting like he, well, I say acting because he says this line to, uh, Mark Ruffalo's character. He says, which would be worse, to live as a monster or die as a good man? Um, yeah, he is Teddy. And... It's that line when he's looking at Mark Ruffalo, and you can see it in Mark Ruffalo. Mark Ruffalo is really good at acting with his eyes. Um, actually, he always kind of looks scared. Am I right? I, I just asked a little uh, figure. I'm going insane here, guys. Anyway, um, but yeah. But that line indicates that he knows who he is, but... If I feel if I act like this good man, this great U.S. Marshal, and I die that way, that's better for me. And so maybe I don't know. I I really think they might kill him. I can't remember. But pretty much they take him away. But like Mark Ruffalo's character still has this look of almost like oh my god. Um, I could read the explanation, but no. We have other movies we're gonna talk about, people. Ah, oh, man. Okay. Uh, the Grey with uh, Liam Neeson. To the movie plays out in the trailers as a completely different one, but it's like a great man versus nature film, and it's really intense all the way up till the very end. I was a little pissed we actually do not see the werewolf fight that is in the trailer because this was like when Liam Neeson hit Taken, which made him a glorified badass as Brian Mills. And they kept, you know, they kept putting him in this. And The Grey was still an action film, but it was a good drama and adventure film. And um, 
lot of people didn't like that it didn't replicate the trailer, and I think that's why it wasn't as successful as it could have been. But it's such a good movie. It's so underrated. Um, uh, Booksmart. Booksmart came out a couple of years ago. Stars um, Jonah Hill's sister. Uh, oh, man, I feel... I feel bad. I don't remember her name. <laughs> we'll call her female Jonah for now. I'm not saying she looks like her brother, but I'm not saying this in an assaulting way. I just can't remember her name and I feel bad, but it starts her and Caitlin Dever. I remember Caitlin Dever because it is a very easy name. And also, um, I just got done rewatching this show she did for Netflix, and it's a phenomenal show. I can't remember what it's called right now, but anyway. Um, but no, it's uh, Booksmart, and it's directed by Olivia Wilde, and it's really just good. First of all, her and uh, Caitlin Dever's friendship, um, it's it's great. I wish I had a friendship like that, to be honest, sometimes. <laughs> but um, the whole movie is just really... It, it, it will be dated one day, which is, uh, I mean, most great teen films that were made dur- and supposed to be part of its time, um, they're, they're dated, but they, they still have that impact because the, what people go through uh, through high school and after, that that's something that happens, and it's a good theme because... No matter the time period, it's always been the same for uh, teenagers. But again, the, it's the night of their graduation, and they found out like all these kids who partied got into good schools, but they, you know, studied really hard and got in good schools also, but never partied. But uh, the whole movie, like, <laughs> it's definitely filled with fuckboy culture, but there's some like really just hilarious moments in it, but they're the parts with them when they're like really just being friends, um, especially how it ends. It's like, it ends on a f- sad, but funny note at the same time. Um, because at first it's really sad because these two people are separating and they've never separated because they've been best friends forever. And then it just, it turns to a funny moment and you, again, you should see that. I know that's on Hulu cause I recently just rewatched it on Hulu. Um, but talking about a movie being based in its time, getting stuck there. The uh, another movie on this list, um, I I I found out about it a long time ago, but I guess it's it's um it's called the Bank Job. The Bank Job is a Jason Statham film, and it's probably one of his um, better films overall because um, in it he. Um, he uh crap sorry guys oh in the movie he's a bank robber obviously and there's not as much action as you would think you you have him it's more of his serious roles i think that's where i was going with all that and um yeah um it's one of his more serious roles but it's a i i love bank heist films especially like when they're different, but I guess this one's based off a real thing that happened in the 1970s, but everything from the movie poster to the look of the film, it, it was dated, it was made in the ter- 2000s, but it felt like a 70s film, and it's super underrated, Jason Statham does great, everyone does great in it, it's really intense, and it, it's it's a good film, 
uh, I really enjoy it. And um, anytime you get a chance, I get a chance to rewatch it. I always do. I think it was, I saw it most recently on Netflix. Um, another film I definitely know is on Netflix and it's a future film um, is Equilibrium with Christian Bale. Um, it came out during the hype of the Matrix films, and um, it uh, it didn't do well at all. And I, I used to see it on worst film list, but when I watched it, it was actually fantastic. Like most films Christian Bell does, Christian Bell, Christian Bale does. I think Ty Diggs is his co-star in it but like it's based in a future where pe- emotion is pretty much outlawed and they burn books paintings everything that would trigger an emotion th- emotional thing and christian bale plays this pretty much police officer that uh goes after people who feel fine or feel happy or sad or and because that, that's completely outlawed but um one day and they're fed pills it's sort of like if you've seen The Giver, they have to take their medicine so that they don't see what the how the world's like. And, um, man, The Giver's actually, that's an underrated movie, too. Um, it's a really, I, I've read, I remember reading The, uh, the Giver in uh, middle school. And it's not 100% like the film, but I still think it's a solid fucking adaptation. And we're going to talk about why you shouldn't base opinions on films made from books off the book because we'll get into it but anyway yeah that's a really underrated movie but uh back to equilibrium um it's a really like solid action film and christian bell's acting's on point and it's not a boring story it's not a boring movie so it's an entertaining movie and it's super underappreciated because because it came out during the hype of the Matrix, and there is that kind of style to it, but it not necessarily the same ideas and opinions and um, mythos created in the Matrix. Um, wow, my voice changed in this. Uh, <laughs> sorry. Oh no, where? Okay, equilibrium. And but yeah, it came out during the successful period of um, the Matrix, and so it was just disregarded as a Matrix ripoff. But it, the movie's nothing like the Matrix. Maybe the action is, but the story is completely different. <laughs> Anywho, uh, speaking of book adaptations, but uh, super underappreciated, Zathora. Zathora is much like Jumanji, um, but. Um, it's from the same writer, and that's why. So he had one about a game that released Jungle, and another one that releases Space. Um, a younger Kristen Stewart, uh, pre-Twilight Kristen Stewart, is in it. Um, uh, who's the ki- kid from Hunger Games? Josh Hutchinson. Josh Hutchinson's in it, and um, Dak Shepard. Dak Shepard uh, is in it, and... I'm actually rewatching Parenthood because I fucking love that show and he does so well in that and I think he did well in the movie too this movie um but it it plays out like Jumanji but it's still like a fun movie even though it's pretty much the same as Jumanji uh Jumanji 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 
I need to watch the newest one. I only watched a little bit of it when I worked at the theater. Um, but, uh, yeah, Satora is really underappreciated. Um, it has a pretty, there's a good message in it, but, um, it's not bad. There's some cheesiness to it. Um, Tim, Tim, uh, Tim Robbins is also in it. He plays the kid's dad, but he feels so out of place in the film. Like it almost takes you away from it all. Um, but, uh, yeah, we got to keep going people. Um, a super underappreciated comedy that I think was recently also on Netflix is uh, Mick Gruber. Mick Gruber is the most underrated fucking comedy ever. I I regularly sh- regularly regularly <laughs> sorry uh, regularly um, show people clips from that show because or that movie because it's so fucking funny and. Um, who plays McGruber? What's his name? Do I hear a fucking train? Oh my god, I hear a fucking train. Anyway, um... Oh god, I can't think of his fucking name. Um, but the guy who plays McGruber, Kristen Wiig's in it. Ryan Phillippe's weirdly in it. But there's like a scene where there's a bunch of WWE old wrestlers in it. And it's so fucking funny. Um... Val Kilmer's the villain in that. He re- he recently talked about Batman, and it's just weird because he, I don't know I, if him and Clooney just shouldn't have played Batman ever. But anyway, um, but uh, ooh, that's just gonna that's gonna fucking bother me. Will Forte, yes, there it is. Okay, Will Forte, Will Forte plays McGruber, and it's a MacGyver. Uh, parody, but it was also an SNL skit, and um, oh god, it's just a funny movie. I can't really go into it, but Will Forte doesn't give enough credit for the comedic genius he is. And if you're listening out there, which I doubt you are, but if you are, man, you fucking rock. <laughs> okay, McGruber. Okay, no, but really check that out. It is rated R. It is very raunchy, but. Everyone in it's just so... Oh, God. It's just so funny. There's a bit with it with a license plate that goes on randomly throughout the whole movie, and it's probably, like, the best thing ever. (laughs) Um, Speaking of underrated comedies, though, The Nice Guys. The Nice Guys has Russell Crowe and Ryan... Not Reynolds. Uh, Spence, if you're listening, I'm sorry. Can't think of his fucking name. Uh, is Punch Drunk Love next to me? Or not that. Fuck. <sighs> Fuck me. Okay. I really can't remember his name. Uh, the nice guy. I'm going gonna, gonna to get so mad when I fucking see it. Ryan Goslin. Ryan Goslin. Okay, so Rusko Ryan Goslin. Um... One is a private eye, and the other is a hired enforcer, and um, they band together to solve this, I think it's either a murder or disappearance, I can't remember right now, Um, I need to rewatch that, there's a lot of things I need to fucking rewatch probably before I talk about them, (coughs) sorry folks. Oh, I should have brought our water down, but I just had that delicious Capri Sun, anyway, um, 
it's super underrated. Um, a lot of people didn't see it in theaters, and um, but nobody talks about it. I remember thinking, oh man, this movie's going to be great. And it is really funny too, but it's also like just a good uh, um, like detective story. Um, and yeah, I was like, the press for it was hilarious. Um, <laughs> uh, you need to look up the skit knife guys. I can't remember if it was, it was with Jimmy Fallon. Um, <laughs> Ryan Gosling comes on there and he's a guest that, um, sells these really nice knives and, um, <laughs> uh, sorry fucking high <laughs> anyway um but uh speaking of underrated buddy films um the man from nowhere is that what it was called i didn't write it down Ooh, i think it i think it's i have it on i don't fucking own it what i i see the nice guys on there the nice guys it's nice guys yeah Oh, shit. Ooh, I need to watch Princess Bride. Sorry, guys. When I Sometimes it's weird. I'll look at my uh, DV, my Blu-ray and DVD collection, and I'll be like, wow, I haven't watched that in a long time. Um, but anyway, moving on here, because I'm going to get... Um, I think it's the man from nowhere. It has Henry Cavill and army hammer in it. And it's based off a show from the sixties and it's actually really good. Um, I know I fucking own it. Where the fuck are you? Uh. Okay. You win this time. <laughs> uh, but anyway, going on now, yeah, they they did a movie together. You'll have to try to find it if you're really interested. But um, since the show was based in the 60s, they are based in the 60s in the movie. But they really do well with it, and I was really hoping that it did well enough for a sequel, but sadly it did not. Um, the Man from Uncle. Ooh, yes, there it is. The Man from Uncle. <laughs> I'm sorry, folks. I really am. Shit, I dropped the pen. Uh, this episode clearly is going to go longer than they usually do. I kind of, I'm testing it out for part two of the MCU talk because I'll be having a couple guests and, to talk and I want to make sure we really cover it because I barely got through Infinity War with my 46 minute format. But I, I just realized we've been doing this for 35 minutes. All right. Uh, ooh, okay. You know what? We're doing okay. I forgot to cross off the Thor there, though. Now we're okay. Yeah? Eh. Wait. What fucking movie are we talking about? Oh, shit. The Man from Uncle. Yeah. Check it out. <laughs> I don't know where you can stream it. I don't think anywhere because, again, it w was a movie that d didn't do well in the box office. So it's considered just a dud, but it's really an underappreciated film. Um, a lot of. Cl There's that one. Ooh, I just saw it on my shelf. Is that it? Yes. Okay, it's called A Perfect World. It actually stars Kevin Costner, but Clint Eastwood is in it also. And, um... It's, uh... Kevin Costner's, uh... A prisoner who got out of... 
escaped, and he kidnaps this little, um, I don't think he's Amish, I forget what he is, Jehovah Witness, maybe? He's in a very strict religious household, and he gets kidnapped by Kevin Costner, and, um, he has this, like, weird connection with the boy. It's nothing sexual, although he escapes with this one inmate that he eventually has to end up killing because he's trying to go after the little boy, and that's creepy, but Kevin Costner, you know, blows his fucking brains out. Um, okay, sorry. Um, but it's called A Perfect World. It's Clint Eastwood film, um, and it's just a it's just a good story it's a it's drama not a lot not as much action as you would think but um oh god there's fucking sirens now shit okay um let's let's talk about a couple uh science fiction films um in the mcu one um i think i wanted to mention this i might have not um chris evans was in this film it's a danny boyle film called sunshine it's a phenomenal film. It's science fiction. It's about scientists. Uh, they're in the future, I guess. And they're trying to restart the star. They're either in the past or the future. And they're gonna, they went to the sun to try to restart it. And it's really intense. There's a bit, a little bit of, you, you know, they're on a deadly mission here. I mean, you can't go to the fucking sun and not expect shit to happen. But it, it's a f- really great film. Um, Silent Murphy's also... He stars in it pretty much, but Chris Evans is also the star in it. Um, and then there's... Um, uh, they Live. They Live is a cult classic now, but it's still really underrated. Um, it was John Carpen- Carpenter film from um, the 80s with... Uh, Rowdy Rodney Piper, uh, for all you wrestling fans, he was one of my favorites when I, when I did watch wrestling, and he sadly passed away a couple of years ago, but um, <laughs> it stars him, and it, you've seen pop culture things of these weird um, obey, um, it, it's like a meme where like they, it reveals the truth, and these people have like blue skin, and they look like Freddy Krueger but with blue skin and these weird eyeballs. Um, you've probably seen Donald Trump, uh, memes of it, but, um, yeah, that's where that comes from. And also the most fantastic line, I've come here to do two things, to chew bubble gum and to kick ass, but I'm all out of bubble gum. (laughs) It's fucking classic and it has some of the weirdest fight scenes ever, but it's such an iconic film and Rodney Piper just does fantastic in it. Um, ah, man, my ear hurts right now for some weird reason. Okay. Um, oh, I might have to assume the missus is supposed to be home soon. (laughs) Um, we talked about Sunshine, They Live. Trying to go through this because even though, um, I'm allowing myself to have more time, I don't want (laughs) to bore you guys out too much. And also, it keeps me more on track to keep, uh, making sure I'm talking here. Um, Another, uh, in that element of sci-fi horror is a movie called Near Dark. It's a vampire film, but it's completely different. It was actually, um, made, 
I think Catherine Bigelow directed it and James Cameron wrote and produced it. I could have that wrong. It could be reversed, but I know they were part of it, but it's a fantastic film. Um, and it is, like I said, it's a vampire one, but it's very different than any vampire film you, you have ever seen. I promise you that. Um, Ooh, there's this one. Is it called? Let me see. I might have it here. Oh, okay. It stars Ethan Hawke and William Defoe. Um, it's not Darkness Lives. Is it? E? it might start with an E. I'm not seeing it here, folks. Shit. But it's uh, it's a vampire film that has Ethan Hawke, uh, William Defoe, and Sam Neill, and it's about like. Everyone is vampires, essentially, and uh, humans are pretty much going extinct at this point, and their blood farms are being um, being wiped out, and um, it's it, that's a very unique film, and so um, Ethan Hawke's character trying to find an alternative, they're trying to find a blood alternative, and he meets up with William Defoe, who was a vampire, but then all of a sudden um, found a cure for people not to be a vampire anymore. And um, it's it's great. It's a great movie. Um, but anyway, Near Dark, also very great uh, vampire film. Near Dark is more dramatic and... dark. I want to say Darkness Edge, but I... Edge of... Edge of Darkness. I think that's it. I think that's it, folks. I'm going to see if I have that. I don't have it, but I'm like 99% sure it's Edge of Darkness. Um, but if you look up Ethan Hawke or William Defoe, it'll, it'll pop up there. <laughs> Anywho. Littering and... Um, uh, where was I? Near Dark. That was the last thing. Okay. Um, now this goes into the Tarantino realm of things, but, um, I'm going to talk about two of his films really quickly. Um, the Grindhouse, that's him and Robert Rodriguez. Plant Terror is fantastic. I feel like Plant Terror should be, and that's also a different zombie kind of film. And, um, it's linked with Death Proof, which... It's not the greatest Tarantino film, but I recently rewatched it, and it's not as bad as I remember it. But the I remember going into theaters and watching it as Grindhouse. Now today, you can buy Planet Terror and Death Proof separately. I actually have a Blu-ray that is strictly them together, and I get to watch it how I saw it in the theater, which it, it was really cool fucking experience. I stayed for the entire four hours because I was just loving everything about it. And I really would love if they did another one in the future, but this that it was kind of a bomb, so um, definitely underappreciated. Um, but on staying with Tarantino here, Jackie Brown. I re recently, I recently, re recently, I recently actually uh, watched that on Netflix. It's on Netflix, and it's definitely not one of his better films. Um, not nearly 
up there with Pulp Fiction. It's not even close. Um, but he, it's actually a really good movie. It's it's more of a drama. It's because see, um, ten, there's a couple bloody moments in um, Reservoir Dogs and Pulp Reservoir Dogs and Pulp Fiction, but his bloodiest film. Like the the style that he became known for didn't come until Kill Bill, so Jackie Brown was right before Kill Bill in the 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 order his films came out, <laughs> and it was right before we really understood the blood splatter of Tarantino, which is even more in effect in Django and Chain. Django and Chain I recently watched, and I always kind of had mixed feelings about the film because of how tense the um, slavery portion of it is, which I, I, I'm kind of glad is depicted that way because I feel like it's more of a, okay, this is the reality of what some of these people would have to go through, which is just fucking awful. Stop being racist. The, th- the, 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 the your skin is barely th- thicker than a th- the edge, the end of your thumbnail. That's how much people care about color is that thin. Imagine how small their fucking minds have to be, man. Okay, I just got mad there. Sorry. Um, but yeah, um, I love Django even more this time around. Um, I have one friend, he always claims Django is his favorite. I can see why, but Pulp Fiction, I just think Pulp Fiction is one of the most perfect films. But anyway, back to Jackie Brown. Jackie Brown stars Pam Greer, and Pam Greer was the foxy lady of the 70s. She was, she's fucking foxy in Jackie Brown, shit. Um, but when she did, uh, coffee and, um, I'm blanking on some of her other films. She, oh man, she was a fucking beauty, man. Such a beautiful woman. Um, but Jackie Brown, it plays out of that era of film. It's based in the nineties, but it's definitely like cemented there. Um, hold on. But, um, sorry, I had to reply to that. Uh, <laughs> but, uh, it's super underappreciated. It plays so well, even though it's still based, I think it's, I believe it's still based during the 90s. Yeah, it has to be, because there's some modern technology throughout the film. Um, well, not modern to us, but to that time. And, um, it plays so well, though, as one of those 1970 films, which Tarantino definitely, um, definitely, uh, highly loves those films. Sorry, folks, I'm replying here. But, um, yeah, it's, it's really good. It's far less action-y than most of his other films. Um, very talky. If, if you like, if you love, uh, Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, you'll definitely like uh, Jackie Brown. Uh, speaking of those kind of films, uh, Kiss Kiss Bang Bang. It's a Robert Downey Jr. film, uh, pre-Iron Man days. And, um, oh god, it, it's actually uh, did written, directed by Shane Black, who did Iron Man 3. But, um... 
Sorry, folks. But, uh, yeah. Um, him and Val Kilmer star in it. And it's like a buddy cop film. Um, Robert Downey Jr. is this thief who's run away and accidentally gets, um, gets sucked into doing a movie. Michelle Mahonigan, um, she's an eel. She was in a movie called Eagle Eye with Shia LaBeouf. That's a super underrated film. I still love that film. I watched that film in theaters. I loved it. It's such a... It was just a movie that I feel like was a, maybe a little bit ahead of its time. But um, it's a good thriller. It's really good. Just like... Um, oh, what's that one with Jake Gyllenhaal? I have that one. Yes, Source Code. Source Code is fantastic. It has Jake Gyllenhaal in it. And... Sorry, folks, I'm responding again. Um... Uh, sorry, when the, uh, the men listening out there, when the missus texts you, make sure to text back, especially if she knows you're awake. <laughs> it saved you a headache. Anyway, uh, sorry, ladies, not, nothing against you. Um, but yeah, Kiss Kiss Bang Bang, highly recommend Kiss Kiss Bang Bang. Uh, had to make sure the mic was picking me up there. <laughs> I lost my fucking pen. Sorry, Baby Yoda. Didn't mean to grab your throat. Uh, fuck it. Okay, uh, I'll just have to focus a little more here. Uh, so far, this is the longest episode of Blunt Movie Talk. Congrats, guys. <laughs> um, but yeah, Kiss Kiss Bang Bang, totally underrated. Uh, again, it was Downey pre-Marvel uh, days. Um, so I think it was just, it was just when he was finally out of prison. And I think it was one of his first films once he was released. Um, I could be wrong there. You can fact check me. Um, but yeah, that's great. But speaking of another comedy, this one's from the eighties. It's called better off dead. It is so funny. And, oh, there's my pen. It was in my fucking pocket. Um, it stars a young um, John Cusack, and it's where a lot of the plot of um, of Sorry, again, um, uh, better off dead though. Um, it's just so funny. There's a lot of, it's, it's like really weird off brand humor, but it was such, it would be like a film you would expect to see in the nineties. So again, this was a movie also ahead of its time, uh, but it's actually truly funny and it's just really wacky. Uh, a lot of, um, not another teen movie, I believe was parodying it, um, I think some of the aspects of Hot Tub Time Machine also copied it. Um, but Better Off Dead, definitely a solid movie. Um, going in the direction of a different kind of comedy, it was a musical comedy that was almost a parody 
of the Beatles. Um, it's called That Thing You Do. It's actually a Tom Hanks film. He directed it. But the whole movie is based off these friends who um, uh, start a band up. And they pretty much get discovered like the Beatles. And like even the story with how Ringo became the drummer of the Beatles is similar to how I think it's Ethan Embry's character becomes the drummer of this band. I think it's Ethan Embry. I know he's in it. Um, Tom Hanks is like the one big name I can definitely name off the top of my head. My dad really loves that film actually. And it's really good and it's super underrated. I know a lot of people haven't seen it and, um, I highly recommend it. Um, and again, Tom Hanks in it, he's, he's more of a co-star than anything, but he also directed it. Um, I haven't heard my dogs in a while, man. Anyway, um. And going to a little more serious comedy, uh, John Farva, known for Iron Man, Iron Man 2, um, and as Happy Hogan, he directed this film and stars in it called Chef. And it's such a good movie. It's more of a serious film for sure, but there's some humor in it. He plays obviously a chef at this gourmet restaurant who one day goes off on this food critic and he has to leave and he starts this food truck that sells like these fantastic foods that he really wants to cook and uh, give out to the people. And so um, he's in that and Sofia Varega, Sofia Varega, Varega, sorry. Um, she plays his ex-wife and he gets his kid for the summer and they go around in this food truck, which, I can't remember who he brings down a partner to help him, but like his son's also helping. And, um, but like Robert Downey Jr. also, um, makes an appearance in that. Sorry, I have a stuffy nose. <laughs> um, and, um, Scarlett Johansson also co stars. There's a lot of big names. I think he even has a Netflix show now that's based around, uh, the idea that Chef brings up. And, um, it's a, it's a really good film. Um, it's super underrated. I know a few people that have seen it, but it's one of those movies where I, if like, Hey, what's a good movie to watch on Netflix? It's one of those ones I know is usually on Netflix and I'll recommend it. Um, I dropped my fucking pen again. That's okay. Oh, <laughs> uh, whoa. Okay. Um, and now we are at the final one I have written down. Um, I'll probably look around a little bit. Oh, God, no, no. Okay, <laughs> the screensaver popped up. Um, we've been at 55 minutes. It's uh, very tired right now. It's pretty late. It's uh, 1230 right now. And, um, yeah, it's just... Um, Sorry. <laughs> okay. Uh, Tomorrow Never Dies is the last one on this list because I, I, I'm starting to zone out a little more, guys. I'm, so, I'm really sorry. Um, uh, but Tomorrow Never Dies, it's a James Bond film during the Pierce Bosman days. And um, I remember reading one thing about it that um, the reason why tomorrow never dies is a lot different than the other ones is because what upset people about golden eye golden eye fantastic one of the best james bond films but one thing people were disappointed by was there wasn't a lot of gadgets 
and um, because that's one thing James Bond's known for is his gadgets. So in Tomorrow Never Dies, you'll notice there's a lot more use of gadgets in it, which is great. And um, but it it has a really interesting story. It's kind of wow, that was weird. Felt like something just pulled my fucking. Maybe it's me. I don't know. Maybe Baby Yoda's using the Force. Anyway, um, it is a uh, really solid action film. It has a great story to it. Great villain. Um, the villain like uses pretty much creates the news for his newspaper, so his newspaper's always the very first one to know things. And, um, they're pretty much trying to, they have this boat that can fucking destroy any tank. And they're trying to pretty much cause World War Three. I think. I'm pretty sure that's, like, the whole thing is, like, trying to start World War Three, And, um, it's super underrated. Um, and, who? I think it's, um, Terry Hatcher is the villain lady in it i can't remember sorry um but no it's it that's a super under um underrated entry and it and then shortly after that he did um i think die another day was no no the world is not enough the world is not enough and die another day are just not good <laughs> they they were really downhill but again they came out late night those came out late 90s early 2000s and I really believe that is the worst time period for cinema, but it's weird because a lot of huge things in cinema happened. Uh, major one I can think of offhand, Lord of the Rings trilogy and the Matrix trilogy. But um, again, the second and third Matrix wasn't nearly as well done as uh, the Matrix. And, um, but yeah, um, then we got, Daniel Craig, and he did Casino Royale, which was solid, and then Quantum of Solace, I, I, but that was during the writer's strike, but that movie was just bad, um, let me look around real quick for you guys, uh, I cannot think of any other movie at the moment, I'm so fucking tired all of a sudden, um, ooh, there's this movie called The Big Sick, it's on Amazon, and it's great, it has, um, I can't think of his fucking name. It's a good movie, um, and it's it's funny and has heart. And Camille, Camila, Camila, no, sorry. Okay, I'm zoning out. Okay, um, yes, the big sick on Amazon. Super underrated movie. Check it out. Um, it's it's a little bit of a tearjerker. Um, another one. The girl that stars in that stars in a movie with Daniel Radcliffe called. Um, I think it's What If. Yeah, it's called What If. And it's a romance movie. It's a romantic comedy, which I found out Quentin Tarantino actually really loves romantic comedies. But the thing is, a lot of those have really solid humor in them. Uh, one of my favorites is The Wedding Singer. I just absolutely love that movie. Oh, here's one. It's probably like my best recommendation I can make here. It's called... Um, once Upon a Time in Mexico. It's part of this thing called the Mariachi Trilogy, but I don't... you. It's it's the kind of movie you don't necessarily have to see Desperado or eh, to really understand it. 
And so, um, it stars Antonio Banderas, Selma Hayek cameos in it, and then, um, Johnny Depp. Johnny Depp's character is phenomenal in that movie. I were I really wish he did more roles like that instead of just being this really odd fucking dude. <laughs> um, but he plays this FBI agent in it, and um, or DEA, CSI, CIA. I think it's CIA, and um, it's it's a great movie. Um, there's a part like he's such a badass actually in it there's a part where his eyes get taken out because of the things he sees and reports and it's by this mexican gang so he has this little boy who's uh selling gum in the streets helping him around and he gets in a shootout and at first you think it'd be ridiculous because he has no eyes but it's a solid fucking scene and again it's one of his best characters by far because I feel bad for him, especially with recent events with Amber Heard and uh, her abusive nature. But um, he does. <laughs> but uh, yes, I'm very tired. Sorry, I'm probably going to have to hit the hay here. But um, yes, that is a movie I definitely recommend. I don't know if it's streaming anywhere. It it really didn't do that well because I, I think it was because, you know, people racism. <laughs> uh, sorry. That's nothing to laugh about. Anyway. Um, uh, I'm just fucking slap happy at the moment. Um, once upon a time in Mexico is fantastic. I highly recommend it. It's a good action flick. Um, stars mostly Antonio Banderas, but Johnny Depp's character is so fantastic in it. Okay, folks. I need to get off here. I feel like I'm about to fuck fall asleep. Uh, next week, though, I swear to you, I promise. Uh, MCU Part One, um, MCU Part Two. I'm hopefully gonna record soon. Uh, I really want to have people to talk with it to kind of help uh, keep some ideas in line better for you guys. But um, uh, thank you to everyone who's been listening so far, and thank you to those who interact with me. Um, I really do make this guys for you. Uh, just someone who might love movies or just someone who just wants to have some fun on a podcast. Here's some fun stuff. Um, I feel like this one with the script was sounded way more serious. Uh, I don't know. Fuck. I really can't remember these after I record them. I just fucking post them, man. Um, I would love to start getting some uh, sound effects for you guys. Though. That'd be fun. Um, but yeah, uh, thank you to everyone who's watched um, next week, MCU. It's going to be fun. Um, might be three-parter. I don't know yet. But uh, yeah, thank you for listening and stay safe out there.